Amen. Let us now hear the word of God. Today we're going to lift up the scripture. I utilize the uh, message version. So hear the word of God and then you'll experience immediately a different way of expressing the word of God as we entered into this time for the word. The scripture says that's when the Pharisees plotted a way to trap him into saying something damaging. They sent their disciples with a few of Herod's followers mixed in to ask, teacher, we know you have integrity. Teach the way of God accurately or different to popular opinion and don't pander to your students, okay? So tell us honestly, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Okay, that's what we want to know. Jesus knew they were up to no good. He said, hmm, why are you playing these games with me? Why are you trying to trap me? Do you have a coin? Let me see it. So they handed him a piece of silver. This engraving, who does it look like? And whose name is on it? They said, Caesar. Then give Caesar what is his and give God what is his. The Pharisees were speechless. They went off shaking their head. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I ask that you would continue to allow the anointing to move. Father God, I thank you that you will enrich our hearts and our minds to receive this word. Move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto God. In Jesus' name, amen. The sermon titled this morning is simply, Who Do We Worship? We're going to split the room down half, just for the sake of example, but it says nothing about your faith. These are the God people, and y'all are Caesar people. Isn't it amazing? You sit over here with the Caesar people. Anybody want to change sides? You can change sides. If you want to change sides, it's last minute change sides. But that's the God people on that side, and it's the Caesar people on this side. Caesar people say, I'm going to hang in. Let me see what's going to happen. Let me see what's going to happen. She might have a trick up the shoulder. Now, God people, I need y'all to really hang tough. Amen? I want to set this scripture up so you'll understand where we're going. The Herodians were people who were priestly. But even in their priestliness... They were really good about keeping that Roman law. Some of you studied history and you know where this connection comes in. 
But they were priestly people. But they believed in following the Roman law. So whatever the Roman emperor said at the moment, they were followers. The people you don't see sitting here because this side of the room is the godly people. People that are sitting, just imagine them sitting way back there. They're the Pharisees. And they were a religious entity that believed in doing what? Literally following religious and spiritual customs to the letter. These were two groups that were kind of strange partnership. But they thought if they could partner together, Pharisees and Herodians, that they could do what? Trap Jesus. We want to ask them a question that if he answers yes, we've got him. Because then he's saying, see these people over here? Pay them what's due to them. Give them all their money. And he didn't have to deal with the other challenge. But if he said no, then the people that were sitting back there, they would simply say to him, we got you. You're saying that you really don't believe in that part of your faith. And because of that, we want to trap you. But Jesus saw the trap. So I want to say, tell your neighbor, I'm looking for the trap. Every now and then we go to places and we see a trap, but we don't know what it looks like. And so as Christians, we're kind of like the Herodians. Sometimes we're just so priestly that we don't see the world's traps. So this is where somebody's going to get free because your eyes are going to be open today. You're going to see some things. So this is just a Holy Ghost setup. I want to give you the background so you can get a good picture because there was a setup there is a solution and there is a situation. Have any of you had a situation? Let me give you a setup maybe for a situation. You have some things you need to do. You really need to get them done. But somebody calls and says, it's an emergency. And you have to weigh whether their emergency is greater than the things you need to get done. And sometimes the emergency is what? Fake. Anybody ever had a fake emergency? My bad. I'm sorry. I thought it was deeper than that. Mm, I'm, uh, excuse me. And, and then when you get to the person and they've cried wolf and it's a fake emergency and you've now rearranged your whole schedule, how do you feel? Oh, oh, she said she feels upset. She's a little twisted right there. She went from a Herodian, Herodian, to, oh, I need Jesus real quick. She probably need to move over here right now. Amen. But the thing that happened during that time period was the fact that something occurs sometimes in our lives that are, is out of our control, is bigger than us. And depending on how we respond, sometimes we miss our blessing. Anybody ever miss a blessing? Because we're trying to do it to the letter of the law. We haven't humbled ourselves unto God. We haven't really talked to Jesus, but we're going to just keep the law straight. That's where the Pharisees and the Herodians had made a pack. 
Because they wanted to create a space where if they could ask a question a particular way for a particular moment to catch Jesus, they could throw Jesus off because the long and short of it is they did not want the goodness of the Lord to really come through. They just wanted to catch Jesus. If we can catch Jesus and we can trick Jesus, we can discredit the desired outcome. So that's what it is about sometimes with a situation. You see the setup. God gives you clarity of your mind. And then when you see the setup and the details of the situation come out, you realize that people want to what? Sometimes set the thing up. And they want to cancel your desired outcome. If you work in your plan and you live in your plan, and a lot of days you just have what? Pure joy. But then when you get a little challenge in your plan and somebody rubs up against you in a funny way and you kind of do like this, do you stay steadfast to your plan? Well, see here, the godly people over here, the people who really just stomp down, fired up for Jesus. They tight about it. They said, you can butt me. You can roll me. You can do whatever you think, but I'm going to stand steadfast for Jesus Christ. Why is that important? Because sometimes, if we're not honest, we want to be there, but we're really not sure. I'm going to go ahead and release you from your spots. Everybody's now full-blown stomped down in the name of Jesus, Jesus people. Amen? Because I don't want to hold y'all hostage. You know, I want, I want nothing to fall down. I want this anointing to get on through. So let's really just move into what's going on here. Like I said, there were two unlikely groups. One upheld the spiritual law and one was upholding the Roman law. And the basic thing that they wanted to do was if they could get Jesus to answer the question directly, then they could offend one or offend the other. And they were satisfied because really, if you look at verse 17 through 19, their whole purpose was to discredit Jesus. You're people of God. We're people of God. We know that there are things that have gone on in life. Has anybody ever tried to discredit you, Ms. Wright? You know, they gave the details and the details was upside down. And their whole purpose was really to try to make you look strange. But in the end, when you held steadfast to the love of Jesus Christ and the anointed rolled down, what happened? You just kind of said, hold up, wait a minute. I'm going to let the Lord handle this situation. But I'm going to ask the question just like Jesus could ask the question. So that's where we really begin our sermon today. Because sometimes when we see the setup and we see the situation as Christians, we don't know what question to ask. So my question to you this morning was, who are you worshiping? Let's get it straight. Who are you worshiping? We worship the Lord. We worship the Lord thy God. What does it mean to really worship God? We can lift our holy hands and say, oh, let the anointing flow. Oh, thank you, King Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. But we worship in spirit and in truth. We live a lifestyle that ought to be reverent and honoring and worship everywhere we go. Do you drive, ma'am? Young man on the back, do you drive? No driver? Okay, do you drive? Okay. Uh, You drive? Have you ever seen some worshiping drivers? How do they drive when they're worshiping God? They're courteous. Come on in. Just drive right on in. You can move right in here. How do they drive when they're not worshiping God? I didn't see you. 
worship in spirit and in truth. I told y'all somebody going to get set free here today. If you're one of them special worshiper drivers and you worship sometime and not worship at other time, we all be, you know, we still a work in progress. God's grace is sufficient. Do know that it's a good God. Because, see, I can be honest. Sometimes the reason I give the example about driving, because right here in this sermon, God convicts. Because I'm a worshiping, non-worshiping sometimes kind of driver. Amen? So we pray in spirit and in truth. And why do I say these things? Because if we're going to really embrace worship, it's good to know worship happens beyond Sunday. We take it into our house. We take it into communities. We take it into our lives. We live worship. Somebody walk up to you and say, "Uh, can you pray? And you say, oh, I'm a Christian, but I can't pray. I don't pray out loud because I don't worship like that. There ought to be a prayer in each of us. It doesn't have, your prayer doesn't sound like mine, hers doesn't sound like mine, yours doesn't sound like each other, but it ought to be a prayer of worship in us. When we walk into the room, the atmosphere ought to have some worship in it. This young lady was powerful. The, 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 the praise team was powerful today. There was some worship. There's worship in this place. But is there worship? Did you bring it in with you? Do you love Jesus enough to worship him in the good and the bad, the challenging and the exciting. The expression that being and I had, these were opposite words. And that was to help us sometimes look at how we act. Loyal, disloyal, trust, no trust. Blessed, blessed, blessed. But will you worship him? Will you bow down and worship a true and living God? Will you show reverence? That is beyond what you will give to anybody. Because the part that is so powerful is where we're going right now. After you understand the setup and you see the situation. The reason that the solution is so important is because it helps us to understand what it means to have an allegiance to a true and living God. When you're worshiping God, you don't get involved with the trickery. Ultimately, you are looking to be able to say, he is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is my King of Kings. He is my all in all. I trust him and serve him and worship him. But I still am accountable to where I live. So the solution is about recognizing that the question was given to the people so that they could answer what really was going on. Who is it that you worship? Is it God? Or is it how much you get paid? Is it God? Or how much you spent on your tennis shoes? Is it God because of how or how you drove whatever car you drove? Is it God you worship? Or the stuff that you think you get because you love God. Oh yeah, I'm going to step on some toes. Because sometimes we got to have a toe stepped on. To realize it's about worshiping God. I'll tell you a little funny story. I had a budget for my kids. My children. With tennis shoes. And the style of tennis shoes, the price was rising. Mama, I got to be in style. You got to get it right, mama. You got to adjust the budget. I said, no, boo, I don't have to adjust the budget. 
you got to adjust your expectations because here is a need and I'm making sure your feet needs are taken care of. Yours is a want. He said, but I got to be bad. I got to be sharp. I got to be all that. I said, yeah, for this same budget right here. So he was worshiping style. And I was worshiping responsibility and accountability to the most high God and the budget we had presented together as a family. And he would say, but mom, my mom, my mom, what if I get a little something, something? The budget still is. And we can contribute that to other areas of the budget. Why is that important? Because sometimes we make our stuff and our Caesars more important than our Jesus Christ. We make what we need from God more important than who God is. We are worshiping the moment instead of worshiping a true and living God. How do we get past that? I'm so glad you asked. Because all of us have to be willing to say, where do I go from here? How do I get to clarity? What is it that you're calling me to do, God? Where is it that you want me to go? How does my heart get aligned with you, Jesus, so I can have that allegiance in spirit and in truth? Because I don't want to play with God. Because truthfully, I'm afraid to play with Jesus. Because I had old school people in my background. My Sunday school teacher was fierce she said you can play with God if you want to but this could be your last moment of breath and you ain't grown enough to breathe all by yourself and never will become so you better fear how awesome God is cause you ain't Jesus and don't you ever forget it and I just have to say yes ma'am Thank you for straightening me out. And don't tell my mama we had to have this conversation. Amen, lights, amen. Because when she straightened you up, the next person she was going to talk, I had to straighten your child out today. Had to get her clear about who her Jesus is and who she is and is not. Yes, ma'am. Ain't God good. That woman has gone on to be with glory, but it's just, you know, she melted that down inside. I can just feel her presence right now. Woo! Let me tell the truth. Amen. Why is this important? Why is it important to acknowledge that sometimes there is a setup in our lives? Because God is trying to strengthen our faith so we would pay attention to who it is that we worship. Why do we have to see the situation? Because we can't live the rest of our lives blindsided. In the land of, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I can't hear that. Oh, I didn't know that. Ignorance is not blissful. There is a setup and there is God's grace. And he calls us to into relationship so that we can worship him in spirit and in truth. And... Recognize that there is a country that we live in. That we are called to be accountable to how we live. He didn't call us to live in the world. But we are residents of this here earth. So he calls us into real accountability. And that allegiance is unto God. And that allegiance is about knowing that we can embrace grace understanding that we can forgive 
the people that have set us up for destruction. And we can humble ourselves unto God and recognize that total allegiance belongs to God. And not ignore our civil accountability to taxes. That's good news for some of us. Because we've been given Caesar was Caesar. But we've forgotten to give God what is God's. Let me say that again. Some of us get good at paying taxes. But we don't give our whole allegiance unto God. So we're thankful for his grace. We're thankful for his salvation. We're thankful for his mercy. But more than anything, we're thankful that he didn't answer a question with an attitude. He answered it in a way that we can learn how to answer the question too. What did he say to the Pharisees? What is it that he said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees? What is it that he talked to them about? In verse 17, he said, tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? And he simply said, well, why are you putting me to this test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that you use for the taxes. And he brought them in. Whose head is on here? And they said the emperor's. So he answered them with a question. Sometimes the people who are setting you up, you can't afford to respond to the setup. You just have to simply say, excuse me, whose face is on the coin? But we have to learn to say it with truth and with love and passion. Some of us are asking the question that God has taught us to ask, but we're saying it with attitude. Like Bean and I were saying it with attitude. Whose face is on the coin? What you talking about? Don't you know? Don't be asking me crazy questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they keep coming back with this same special question. I know I'm, I'm, I'm tipping I'm on somebody because somebody's just over here looking at it. Could you go to the side where the Jesus people are? Could you go over there and talk to them? Don't be coming over here. But it's all good. Because we're all going to be delivered. The point is that God, through Jesus Christ, shows us the question that needs to be asked. And when we learn to ask it, we also have to learn to ask it in spirit and in truth. Because in the end, it is about offering allegiance unto God and embracing a life that is truly amazing and accountable. When you think about allegiance to God, What do you think about? Do you think about God as your provider? God as your all in all? Jesus as your soul salvation? A sovereign and a true and living God? Do you think about the fun of God? How blessed you are? Do you think about how he kept you and keeps keeping you? Do you think about how awesome he is? So today I encourage you to personally take a moment to reflect. Who do you worship? Get it straight. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you are an awesome wonder. 
God of Abraham, God of Isaac. You promised and you continue to deliver. Help us, God, get it straight. Help us know who you are and how we ought to worship. Accept us, God, right where we are. But push us to the next level. Lord, if there's anyone here who does not yet know who you are, help them to know that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the God of all gods, the one who lives and reigns forever supreme. Rain down the anointing, clarify our choices, and call us to worship bow down and worship you. To God be the glory. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and even if you do, we invite you to stand. Give God a hand clap of praise, for he is an awesome God. I invite you to recognize the Caesars in your life and be obedient. But love the Lord through and through. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you have not connected with a church home, New Faith is a brand new United Methodist Church. We believe in a triune God and God's grace is so sufficient. But here we do things a little different and we are grateful that you are worshiping with us today. Thank God that you have been here. And thank God that God is here. Amen. You may be seated.